Boy, I tell you what, if he can save me, he can do anything. How many of y'all feel like that? How many of you feel like you was the worst sinner in the world? I do too. I'm glad. I'm not deserving of a salvation, but I'm sure thankful for his grace. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of Gospel according to Matthew? Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four gospel accounts. Four different views of the same events, four different views. And uh, Matthew presents him as servant, or king, I'm sorry. Presents him as king. Now, you know, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to preach, at least I feel led, I feel like it, on Sunday. I'm going to preach on Jesus Christ's last words. And uh, really it could be narrowed down to one word. And I'm talking about his last words on the cross. Y'all know what those three words are? It is finished. I don't know about y'all, but if we're going to have thankful Sunday, I'm sure glad for them last words. But I got to thinking about something and just, I've been studying the crucifixion, reading the crucifixion, and just... <laughs> the disciples they're so much like I mean people are people and uh, this just the beginning I'm not going to preach on this but I think it's interesting look at chapter 26 verse 1 and we're going to be in the same chapter but chapter 26 verse 1 I want you to notice and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings he said unto his disciples Look at verse 2. You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now he just told them what's getting ready to happen. And when it happens, they had no idea it was going to happen. What? Because they weren't told. You know what? That helped me a little bit because you know what? I've preached for 26 years. And sometimes, boy, the old devil just jumps up on my back and says, there ain't nobody listening. But you know what? Neither did the disciples. We sometimes act shocked and I'm going, well, we've heard it for years. Can y'all help me tonight? How many of y'all think you heard what I just said? So here's the key. We ought to listen to everything and put it in here. Everything. See, that's what bothers me about people. People come in and out of church services and they hear good stuff and walk right out the door and within 10 minutes they forget it. I'm telling you, it's important. Uh, Laura and I was reading the other day, we ought to write things on the fleshly tablets of our heart. I say to you many times, if you're in a good habit of marking things in your Bible, I think it's great. I think it's great that you take notes. I'm for all of that, but I'm going to tell you what's even more important than that. If you're going to put it down on paper, make sure you get it on your tablet of your heart. Make sure it makes it in here. And then stays here, comes through here, comes through here, but gets in here. Because when it gets in here, it's something that we'll, again, put to the fleshly tablet of our heart. 
We're to stamp it into our heart. It ought to be a part of our life. And so I think about that. I read that. And he's like, man. And they, act, they were so shocked. And we're going to read the passage here in a minute. It's like the disciples, the Bible says here in just a little bit, they all scattered and fled. Now, I'm not giving them rough time. I'm just saying we're all human. That reminds me of me. It reminds me of people that I've been in church with for 20-some years. So I, I'm, not, I'm not being critical, but I think with looking at the tendencies of mankind, we ought to be observant of that, and we ought to learn from it. Now, let's look what really I wanted to deal with tonight. And really, I know who I'm preaching to. I know this is the Wednesday night crowd, but I still feel that this is an important message for us tonight. By the way, he's speaking to his disciples here. And he has just given a great lesson to his disciples. I mean, he had revealed so much truth. These men have been with him for three and a half years. They're not novices. They're seasoned. And by the way, here in just a short while, they're going to turn the world upside down. Now, one of them, we learn here in this chapter, that he did betray. Judas betrayed him here in chapter 26. We, we're going to not read it, but it's from ver, all the way up through verse 30. We're going to start in verse 31. This is after he's given great truth to his disciples. He's told them one of them is going to betray him. And by the way, he not only said, then Judas they sop, puts the, the bread into the sop. And we see that he's getting ready to leave and to go out and do exactly what Jesus said he was going to go do. He's going to go betray him. Now, on the heels of that, look at verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Now notice Peter, verse 33. Peter answered said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Now listen, Peter had good intentions. I'm not saying this in a bad way, but he had good intentions. The Bible says, verse 34, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So you know, you just heard it. He basically said, look, all of you are going to be offended tonight at me. Now he's been telling them what's getting ready to happen. He's been telling them for weeks that he's getting ready to be crucified. They never understood it completely. But I'm going to be honest, even when it happened, they didn't understand it. But it just goes to show you that Jesus was trying to teach them. But even though he was trying to teach them, he knew what was going to happen. He knew they were going to be scattered. Now, notice what else the Bible says here in verse 56 of the same chapter. And I'm going somewhere. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Now, I'm not talking about men... That were, that were novice. I'm not talking about men that didn't know what it was, what the Lord Jesus had been doing. These were not new men that just got into the life of Jesus. They'd been with him for three and a half years. I mean, they'd seen the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. I mean, he had, listen to me, he poured himself into these men. I mean, he literally poured himself into these men. 
So I want to make sure I stress that, that these are not novice men. These are good spiritual men that have sacrificed and submitted to the Lord. And the Bible says, in this night, they all forsook him and fled. Now, Peter was the one that said, Lord, I'll never forsake you. But the Bible very clearly says here in verse 56, not only did Peter forsake him, all of them did. Look at verse 57. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Now I want you to notice, and here's my text, but Peter followed him afar off. Under the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Look at verse 69. Let's keep reading here. Verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. This is Peter. Now wait a minute. This is a man just a few days before said he would never deny the Lord. Guess what? The Lord's word's always true. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there. This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know this man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for this, thy speech betrayeth thee. Then, now here it is now, y'all ready? Here's a cussing preacher. Y'all ready for this? I mean, a cussing preacher. So, oh my goodness. A cussing preacher. Well, Peter, then began he to curse and to swear. Saying, I know him, not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And by the way, the minute, boy, that cock crew. Look at verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, before the cock crew, and thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. You know why? He was convicted. By the way, conviction's a good thing. I didn't say it was painless. It's painful. But it's good. I worry about people that never get convicted. Now, there's a difference between getting, by the way, I believe conviction begins when you get caught. Some people say, well, the only reason he confessed is because he got caught. Well, that's how everybody does it. You got to get caught. David didn't confess till he got what? Got caught. Some people say, all right, no, that's normally what happens. The Lord catches you, amen? But I'm going to be honest with you, the conviction is more than just feeling bad about what you've done. It's conviction, know that you've sinned against a holy God. And like David said, it's ever before you. I mean, conviction will bring you to a place that you abhor the sin in your life. You actually see it the way Jesus Christ seen it. And by the way, Jesus Christ died for that sin. So I, I'm thankful for the fact that Peter repented. But I want to talk about this principle of following afar off. Now, something started to happen in the life of Peter. Now, I think he had good intentions. And I believe he meant what he meant, meant what he said when he said, Lord, I'll never deny you. But I think there was an arrogance in that that led also to some of his demise. And I want to talk about a little bit of that tonight. But in these scriptures, we see Peter who avowed, he was an avowed, seasoned, strong 
spiritual good follower of Christ, he became weak. Now look, I know who I'm talking to tonight. This is the Wednesday night crowd. Many of you have been saved for a long time. Y'all are here because you want to be here tonight. You've chosen to be here tonight. And I'm very thankful for that. But I want all of you to know, and let me say this as kindly as I can, but clearly as I can, just because you are don't mean that you're not capable of ruining your life tonight. If we don't guard our hearts, if we don't guard our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way, Every other relationship that we have in life flows from our relationship with the Lord. And if we do not keep this one right, you're going to see that every other relationship in your life will not be what God designed or desires for it to be. There's no way. Why? Because God is love. How in the world am I going to love my wife, my children, my family like I should if God of love is not in my life like he ought to be? Everything flows from my relationship with the Lord Jesus. You say, oh, I'll tell you right now, Peter, i just tell you what, he just made a bad decision. Yes, but something started to happen in his intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ, his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he started to follow afar off. Now, let me give you a few things, and we'll go to the house. Number one, this truth demonstrates the danger of allowing a distance to develop in our fellowship with Jesus. Where are you living, Brother Mark? I've heard people say this. Hey, brother, how you doing? He said, I'm just right near the cross. That's where you better stay. You better stay close. You better make sure your relationship is sweet. You better make sure your relationship is personal. Here's a good thing. Have you talked to him today? Have you talked to him numerous times today? Have you read his word today? Have you communicated with him today? That's what I'm talking about, living in the active presence of the Lord Jesus. You're living like he's real every second. It's important. You say, oh, I can handle this thing. No, you can't. Neither can I. We're talking about Peter here. He's a disciple. He's getting ready to turn the world upside down. I believe he meant what he said. He would have never dreamed. He even told the Lord, I'll never deny you. And do you know what? Better men than me, and by the way, Peter's a whole lot better than me, has done some horrible, horrible things. Why? We've got to keep our relationship with the Lord Jesus very sweet. Now, if I was never to talk to my wife, if we woke up and spent the day and I never talked to her, never asked her any questions, she never talked to me. Do you think that we have a distance in our relationship? Then how in the world do we think we're keeping our relationship guarded with Jesus when we never pray and we never read his word? There has to be communication to keep a relationship right. That's why reading your Bible is so important. That's why praying is so important because it's keeping our relationship with the Lord sweet. See, this truth demonstrates the danger of allowing distance to develop in the, in the fellowship of the Lord Jesus. Fellowship. I mean our relationship. We're fellowshipping. What is a relationship? He's my personal Savior. So if he's my personal Savior, that means I have a personal relationship and fellowship with him. Amen. 
It's very important. It's simple. I, I, I look at that. I, I want to look at people that's so confused about Christianity. And I want to look at them. And I, have, I said, are you married? Do you have a brother? Do you have a sister? Do you have a family member that you have a relationship with? They say, yes. I say, okay. I said, well, when you get saved, you're not obtaining a religion. You're obtaining a relationship with Jesus. He becomes your father. And so how are you going to maintain your relationship with your father? How do I maintain my relationship with my father? All right, well, I communicate with him. He, I hope he knows I love him. I hope he, he, he talks to me. We have a relationship. Listen to me. Let's not make Christianity so mystical that people can't understand it. It's simple. It's a relationship. That's not just a cute little cliche that I come up with years ago and said, hey, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. That's life changing. That is so simple. For instance, oh, you bunch of Christians, y'all live by a bunch of rules and regulations. No, we don't. No, we don't. For instance, let's, let's tear that down. Oh, you bunch of Christians, y'all live by a bunch of rules. No, we want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Do y'all know what? I know this woman. I've been married to her for over 30 years. Y'all, y'all know what? I know what she likes. And I know what she don't like. Y'all with me? Now, if I love her and I want to, oh my goodness, I got to go do this today or I'm going to get in trouble with Miss Laura. That ain't love. That's not love. Oh, I'll tell you right now, I got to go and I got to wear this because if I don't, she's going to get it. That ain't love. See, Christianity is we're trying to live a life pleasing to him. That's it. People drive me to, oh, all that church down here, y'all got a bunch. No, no, we really don't. We don't have a bunch of rules and regulations, but we're trying to do our best to please the one who saved us. I mean, that's it. Why do you still have three churches a week? Well, I mean, we could have it more. Oh, y'all are still them old fuddy-duddies. Why ain't y'all like everybody else to just have the, the Bible studies or the groups or whatever? Go out to Hardy's and eat on Sunday night. Well, we just feel like, hey, so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's not because we have to. It's because, look, I believe the Lord, he created the church. I didn't create the church. It's not my institution. So see, when we realize we're in a relationship, when he saves us, he becomes my father. Look, I want to keep that relationship sweet. By the way, when we don't, we get in trouble. So I'm encouraging you tonight, keep it sweet. He said, Pastor Mark, how do I do it? Don't drift away from him. Stay up near, stay up close. Read your Bible every day, pray every day. It's the simple things, it's the simple things. Uh, look, renew your mind in the Lord every day and say, you know what, he loves me. He loves me so much he died on the cross for me. See, we need to understand this truth demonstrates the danger of allowing separation or a distance between our Savior and our personal relationship with him. Number two, this truth demonstrates the danger of having an overconfidence in our ability alone to overcome the world. You know why I say that? Because in verse 31, Peter said, oh no, I'll never deny you. Now there was a tinge, I think more than a tinge, of arrogance there. 
And we, we have to be careful. Look, can I just say this? One of the reasons why we need to keep our lives and our relationship close to the Lord, because when you think you have it, you don't. I heard a story, and I, I know it's true. I not glory in saying it. It's heartbreaking, but I'm trying to use it as a to let you know it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Look, our flesh is always raging. But there was a man that took a church years ago, and the man that was coming out, he had led that church it happened to be in Georgia, and he had led that church to, I mean, people was getting saved, the church grew, it was probably one of the fastest growing churches in the state of Georgia. If I called his name, everyone probably would know the man's name, but the pastor that left the church to take another position, another Christian organization, they brought a guy in, a candidate for the church, and I'll never forget, they were, or this is what they told me, they said they were asking some questions and he got up in front of the church. He said, well, let me just tell all of y'all. He said, I know how to cut the mustard. In other words, he was telling all of them out there in the church. He said, look, y'all need to quit asking all these little petty questions. I'm above all of y'all. In other words, he said, look, y'all don't have to worry about me. He said, I know how to cut the mustard. I'll take care of everything here. Well, it was in short order. He was no longer there. I want you to know something. We have to be careful because all of us can get an attitude of arrogance and overconfidence in our abilities, in our strengths. We have to be careful. Look, we need to remain humble. Man, listen to me. Peter, he said, and I believe he meant well. He had no desire at that moment to deny the Lord. But see, he didn't know what was coming. And by the way, we need to be careful and face all of our troubles and all of our temptations in the humility of the Lord and say, Lord, I can't handle this. I can't juggle this. I can't do this. And we need to remain and keep and realize that we don't have it within ourselves. And so I want you to understand this passage tells us it, it, it ought to drive us. As Kavi pr prayed, he's so true, it ought to drive us to the Lord. It ought to drive us to the Lord. It ought to drive us to the Lord. Everything that we face in life should drive us to the Lord. None of us are capable of taking care of the big things. And to be quite honest, we're really not even capable of taking care of the little things without His help. This truth demonstrates the danger of an overconfidence in our abilities. Well, Peter said, oh no, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny. Oh, that ain't me. Here, here's another. Be careful now. Oh, well, did you see what so-and-so did? Be careful now, because what if it's your child? What if it's your child? What if it's your grandchild? Hey, here's it. What if it's you? See, people that talk like that, they don't realize it's only by the grace of God it ain't me. It's only by the grace of God it's not you. And you put in that situation, it could be you. We need to be careful. Our goal should be to restore people. Amen. This truth demonstrates the danger of an overconfidence in our ability. Can I say this? This truth demonstrates the danger 
of sitting down with the enemies of Christ. Look, he was in this. Now, the Lord, this was, this was done. It's very clear, we read it, was to fulfill prophecy. So we know there was no mistake. Peter was around these people, and obviously they had a hatred for the Lord because they, they didn't look at him and said, Hey, I, I feel sorry for you. Are you one of the men that was with him? No, it was a very accusatory, declarative statement that these, each one that the Lord revealed that said, Hey, are you one of them? Hey, you've got to be one of them that was with Jesus. Your voice is giving you away. Well, it wasn't like they were coming up like saying, Hey, you're like a hero. No, they were being very... They were denouncing him. And by the way, here's the other thing, the other point that I want to make. Boy, if you're around people like that all the time, pretty soon you'll start deducing Jesus too. You'll think it's okay. Because see, if there's nobody, there's nobody encouraging you to stay and to do the right thing. That's why you've got to be very careful who you allow to influence your life. Because boy, when you get around people and all they want to do is question you about what you're doing. And like I told Aiden the other day, if you will live, if you keep your relationship with the Lord very sweet, I'm going to tell you all something right now. People that are worldly won't hang around you. They're not going to hang around you. Because y'all don't have anything in common. But where we fail is we get so comfortable. And by the way, maybe there are some that have tried to reach people. you got to be careful because you cannot let your guard down and let your guard down and see the danger sitting down with the wrong kind. It starts to work on you. Because they're not encouraging you. They didn't come up to Peter and say, Hey, Peter, man, we, we feel sorry for you. You've been hanging around Jesus and Jesus has been unfairly tried. No, they were, they were with the crowd. They were saying, hey, if one of you. And by the way, you got to be careful because that'll wear on you. But let me just say this. As Cobby prayed tonight, you ought to take your stand for Jesus no matter where you are. Now, we don't have to be arrogant about it. We don't have to be ugly about it. We don't have to be cocky about it. But I want to tell you all something right now. I've said it before, and I mean it. I have failed. You have failed. But we need to ask God to help us. We need a backbone like oak logs and stand for Jesus. This truth demonstrates the danger of sitting down with the enemies. Then I want to just say quickly, this truth demonstrates that following afar off is a very, very dangerous place for the child of Christ. Dangerous. Y'all ready? Peter did something he never dreamed he would ever do. I'm saying this out of love and out of warning. Don't get to a place, because I'm going to promise you this, Peter wished he'd have never done it. If he would have heeded the warning, if he would have heeded the Holy Spirit of God, and by the way, if you're saved, you know what it means to be convicted. You know what it means when things start putting up red flags telling you to back away, to do the right thing. If you don't heed it, I'm going to tell you something, you get into a very dangerous place it's very possible that you do something you thought you would never do. 
I want to just say this. If you think tonight that you don't need this message, then you're in the worse trouble than anybody else. I'm going to close. Would you turn to Proverbs chapter 4? And I want to just get you to mark these in your Bible, but for sure, mark them in your heart. Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. The Bible says, My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Well, see, this is what I was making reference to earlier in the service. Jesus told them. Jesus had been telling them. And by the way, there's been so many things we've been told, we've been, we have heard, but here's our problem. We have let them depart in verse 21. We've let them depart, but I'm saying to you tonight, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the, mind, the midst of thine heart. What you've heard tonight needs to be kept in the midst of your heart. Notice what it says. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23, here it is. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. See, we want to say, well, that person's got a mouth problem. That person's going to wrong places. He's making the wrong decisions. Look at me. It's deeper than that. Deeper than that. Oh, he's hanging around. He's gotten messed up with the wrong crowd. That's why I've heard that so many times. Oh, he's gotten messed up with the wrong crowd. No, they got with who they wanted to be with. They didn't just blindly follow somebody and say, oh, okay. No, they know. Here's the problem. They didn't guard their heart. Because see, here it is. Out of it are the issues of life. Notice what the Bible says. Keep the heart with all diligence for all the issues of life. What are the issues of life? Here it is. Put away from thee a froward mouth. Say, oh, he's got a mouth problem. No, he's got a heart problem. See, your heart affects your speech. It affects my speech. If I'm not guarding my heart diligently, then you think my speech is going to be right. No, he says you put a froward mouth. Then notice this, perverse lips. Put, but see this, oh, he's got, a, he's got a language problem. No, he's got a heart problem. Y'all understand me? Because he's not keeping his heart. See, we always want to deal with the, the fringe stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, get to the root. Quit making excuses for people. And I know this is tough because sometimes it's close. Close to home. Look at verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on. See? He said, oh, he's got an eye problem. No, he's got a heart problem because he's not keeping his heart and out of it are the issues of life. His mouth, his eyes. He said, well, pastor, I just can't get victory over some of the stuff I'm looking at. Well, you need to guard your heart. It's diligent. It's a heart issue. It's not an eye issue. It's a heart issue. Put away from thee a froward mouth, a perverse lips, put far from it. Let thine eyes look right on, let them eyelids look straight before thee. Then notice this, verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet. Well, I'll tell you what, he just keeps going in the wrong places. He's got a foot problem. No, he's got a heart problem. See, God lays out the issues of life right here. Mouth, eyes, feet. Where's he going? Well, Pastor, he just keeps making the wrong decisions. He's got a heart problem. I got a heart problem. What's the key? Not keeping it. Why did Peter do what Peter did? He didn't guard his heart. 
I tell you right now, I need to straighten out my youngin, or I need to straighten so-and-so out. You're not going to straighten them out. There ain't no straightening somebody out. I'm going to tell you what we need to do. We need to pray God get a hold of their heart. We get in problems and trouble because we don't guard our hearts diligently. Will y'all write that in the fleshly tablet of your heart not let that depart from your heart? It's Proverbs chapter 4. Heard some disturbing news. Not trying to scare people. I'm glad they found out. But heard some disturbing news. Uh, there was some threatening going on possibly at the school here this week. Serious stuff. Some of you might have heard it, but there's a young man, a, a young lady, tried to get a young man to go into school and shoot him up, shoot people up. True. I'm going to tell y'all something. I, I, I'm going to just tell y'all right now. Right here in Chattanooga, look out Valley of the Bible Belt. That's scary stuff, church. Well, I'll tell you right now, that young man and that young girl, no, y'all know what their problem is? They got a heart problem. I'm going to tell you all right now, that young lady that was trying to get that boy to go in there and shoot people, listen to me, if she gets saved and listen, she guard her heart, you'd never hear those words come out of her mouth. She'd never have a desire to have someone go in there and do that. So you say, Pastor, what is our greatest need in this world? Revival. People need to meet Jesus. The church needs to get back on fire. Church needs to preach it. We need to get to praying. We're in a mess. But who's the fix? Jesus. Now, look here. None of us need to be falling afar off. God help us. Keep our hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's stand on our feet tonight. Well, one of the things convicting about that intercessory prayer if we're going to do it if we're going to stand in the listen to me now if we're going to stand in the gap for somebody else we got to be the right kind of person to stand in the gap <laughs> that's convicting we got to guard our hearts church with head bowed eyes closed tonight how many of you know the Lord's I'm not going to have you come forward but I want to say you know the Lord's spoken to your heart and you want to guard your heart, would you with me just raise your hand and say, oh, Lord, help me. Absolutely, guard our hearts. Can I ask tonight, I do this not often, but if you're here tonight, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Listen to me, tonight's your night. You can know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. Jesus Christ died for all people. And I'm so very thankful he, can, he will forgive us of our sins when we trust him as our personal Savior. How many of you are glad tonight that you've trusted Jesus as you saved him? Isn't he good? Let's all close in prayer tonight. You pray with me, would you? Let's bind these on our hearts. Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us. Lord, if someone as solid, as seasoned, as spiritual... Lord, you poured yourself into Peter. Lord, we're thankful. He came back. I mean, he, he had a time, but Lord, he repented. He was convicted and repented. We're thankful for that. But Lord, if he's able to follow afar off, Lord, that leaves each one of us capable. So I pray you just guard our hearts now. Keep us. 
keep our relationship with you so very sweet. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God